We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Apologize for the Saints game? To who? The Saints fans. No. God no. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Red Hot Rams Talk Radio Podcast. Uh, I guess this is butting heads, not the Rams Talk Radio Podcast. Uh, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, the Rams miraculously have won two consecutive games. They are a game out of the playoffs. How are we feeling, man? What a what a roller coaster of a year. It really has been. I mean, you you go back a couple weeks ago and we're just like doom is gloom and this team is, you know, a possibility of having a top five pick. And then now all of a sudden we're looking at potentially making the playoffs, which, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We still have a ways away, but uh, trending in the right direction. I think the big thing is, and we've went up and down about how we feel about this Rams team. We'll talk more about it today. We have never wavered on the fact that we do not think any, we do not think the teams competing for these playoff spots are good. And for a bit, I think we thought the Seahawks were good and they're not good. And so now it's just a bunch of, really mediocre football teams competing for the sixth seed and the seventh seed. Uh, and the Rams are a game out of both because the Seahawks lost this week. The, the the Vikings lost this week and they reverted to not looking good. Uh, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. But like if we are in the AFC, man, the 10th seed in the AFC right now is the six and six Buffalo Bills. Like, who are way better than all of these teams competing for the final two wild card spots in the NFC. And they are like, they're in rough shape to make the playoffs. Uh, it is just, I don't know. 
the the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Packers, the Rams, the Saints, the Falcons are kind of in the mix, even though they're winning their division. The Bucks, I guess. <laughs> None of these teams are good, and so the Rams really. Uh, it's a pretty favorable schedule the rest of the way, save for games against the uh, 49ers and the Ravens. We really might end up in the playoffs after all of this. It's a very real possibility, especially, uh, you know, Steve, you mentioned the Seahawks, you know, just not being as good as we had thought they would be. And they have a brutal schedule at the end stretch kind of the opposite of what we had. Um, you know, uh, we had this basic, basically the same schedule at the beginning of the season, and now they're facing in the back half of their season. Yeah. So there's a very real possibility that the Seahawks don't make the playoffs at all. And the Rams, it's really up to the Rams if they can leapfrog over them and make it into the playoffs. So uh, – Right now, they control their own destiny. You know, they have very winnable games on their schedule. Uh, you know, they have some tough ones, too. And like you said, the uh, 49ers and the Ravens. But beyond those two teams, they're very winnable games. Yeah, and I, you know, you really, you can lose the 49ers and Ravens games and still be okay. You look at some of the other schedules, the, the Seahawks, as you mentioned, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. So you're probably looking at two and four or three and three for them. The Vikings, Raiders, Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. The Vikings are on bye this week, so they're already six and six. Again, that's that's probably eh, that's probably three and two at least. It's not bad. But the Vikings, you play the Packers, which will be big for everybody. That'll have big playoff implications. The Packers play. The Chiefs, the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Bears. So that Packers loss is, is going to come back to haunt us, I think, because that's a pretty favorable schedule for them. Uh, and then we play the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, and the 49ers. 49ers, last week of the season, a game that could potentially not matter. But we will see. Uh, it might matter for seeding. You look at the standings right now. The Eagles are 10 and 1, the 49ers are 8 and 3, the Lions are 8 and 3. So realistically, if the Eagles take care of business, uh the 49ers will probably be competing for a spot against the Lions. But if they pull away, if they own the tiebreaker, you might be sitting your guys there, and that would be huge for us. I don't know, man. It's this is such a, a consequential game now against the fucking Browns this week, who are 7-4, and four, who are in the playoffs, uh, but have been banged up. Deshaun Watson, obviously, is done for the year, um, although he wasn't playing great to begin with, but I think it's safe to say he's better than the guys who are playing. It's It's crazy how just you win two games and you're just back in the shit after – really uh really letting us down big time uh over the couple weeks that preceded it i mean you know you you kind of mentioned too that the losing to the packers obviously was one of the actually wasn't one of the it was the low point of the season for the rams 
but there were other games that it had the Rams just took care of business. They kind of waltzed into the playoffs when you really think about it. You know, if they take care of business and they beat the Bengals, they beat the Steelers, um, and of course the Packers, that's they waltz in. Like it's not even it's not even close. You know? Yeah. Um, considering yeah. they don't drop the ball from here on out, but yeah, this it's all these consequential losses that are making it very tough to make the playoffs and what should be very easy to make. And, and truly a a Rams Lions first round series, not series. It's one game, but is really in play, and that's such a such a fun fun matchup if that happens. Just with all the stuff around the golf stopper trade i i hope we make it happen and I, i'm i'm leaning Me more, too. i don't know i'm leaning more towards that we will but like it's so hard to buy into this team because every time we bought into this team this year uh we have suffered a horrifying loss immediately after we buy in so is that a foretelling of what's to come steve We'll see. Uh, we'll get to the Browns a little later. Let's, for now, let's, uh, oh, I'm turning my mic up. I was trying to turn it down a little bit. The Let's talk about the Rams-Cardinals game. Man, this was finally the Rams pitched a complete game here. Two halves of football, a, a dominant win, Uh just up and down across the board anchored by a preposterous 200 total yard performance by Kyron Williams in his first game back 16 carries for 143 yards added six catches for 61 yards and two touchdowns. I I mean, just a, a dominant game from him. You know, we talked, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, we were like, I don't know if he truly like, can or should be that just run him into the ground three down back and take this with a slight great game grain of salt because the Cardinals run defense is bad but goddamn man he looked like a fucking dog out there I you know I I'm not gonna knock the performance because even despite the fact that you know they played the Cardinals and like you said the Cardinals lack of defense is kind of apparent but um it's still very clear the difference between runners here you know you, you get you get back Kyron Williams and um comparing them to the likes of Daryl Henderson and Royce Freeman it's it's just night and day like it, it's there's absolutely no comparison and keeping in mind too that it could have been a lot more uh, a lot more for Kyron Williams had the Rams not just sat him for pretty much um, most of the the fourth quarter if not all of the fourth quarter yeah hey man Royce Freeman 13 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown you know that's true he's still running hard uh even Zach Evans had three carries for six yards. Um, 
Sean McVay is really excited <laughs> to see what this guy can do. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, man. I mean, like, it, it's weird when we come in here after, like, I feel like when the Rams play bad, we come in here with all these thoughts and all these complaints, and I come in with, like, a thought-out thesis about what the fuck is going wrong. But, like, when we come in and we dominate the Cardinals, it's like, yeah, Kyron Williams looked great. Good for him. I hope he keeps it up. Like, I don't know what else to say. Uh, he is – he's really interesting going forward. You know, he's obviously going to be the guy this year. And as we mentioned, like, you probably want to add a compliment for him. But the Rams have so many needs. They have money to spend on big players. They they are addicted to drafting running backs, but I don't know, man. Like, I think you just – if the vet market ends up being more expensive than you thought and you can't bring in, you know, a, a quality backup for cheap, maybe just run it back. Maybe just run it back with these dudes. Royce Freeman is cap- capable as a backup, apparently, shockingly, uh, and you're going to get Ronnie Rivers back. You can bring him back probably on a minimum. I wouldn't be soup. I wouldn't be upset if they just ran back this running back group. I think a lot of this you also have to attest to, to the offensive line. Oh God! I, yeah. I, it, it. I mean, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to y'all and say that the Rams' offensive line is elite because it's not by any means. But they were. Is it a Sunday. really solid group? Well, I mean, just about any offensive line looks solid <laughs> against this defense. But uh, that's uh, that's another story. But um, even with uh, even a, without looking at the game against the Cardinals, looking at it previous games, it's very clear that this offensive line is starting to turn out to be something special, and they're like a left tackle away from being a really really solid unit, you know, and. That's exciting to hear, especially when you have younger guys on the team like Steve Avila that is, you know, helping pave the way. Uh, and, yeah, there, there's just a lot to look forward to with this offensive line. And, you know, of course, you give a lot of credit to Kyron Williams because, yeah, uh, we see the difference between Freeman and, and, uh, and you know, Williams. But um, a lot of this you also have to give – um, you know, a lot of praise to this offensive line. And it's very easy to forget that their help being paved the way here. Yeah, they were fantastic in this game. I would say easily their best game of the year. Again, this is Arizona. Back this shit up next week when we go against the Browns, who are, you know, statistically the best defense in the league. I, but but yeah, it was really encouraging. Like you said, you know, not even a knock on a Lark Jackson who who played great in this game. Rams gave up no sacks. Kyron Williams ran the ball everywhere. Even like, you I don't know if you'll disagree, but like, you know, a, a pretty mediocre, maybe mediocre throw because Stafford threw four touchdowns and one interception. But it's like, wasn't the most impressive day in a thirty-seven to fourteen blowout by him? It's not. I guess I'm not trying to say he had a bad game, but, like, we could rank the top ten reasons the Rams won this game, and I don't know if he's on it. Um, 
and that's saying it's a testament to how well the offensive line played because even in the game the receivers you know they had pretty bad game all around except maybe two two at well didn't matter uh the, we had protection it didn't matter that we missed on some passing plays and kyron williams just ran the ball down their throats it was awesome it was a delight it was a great sunday yeah i i you know i miss these kinds of sundays where you know i actually look forward to the rams playing we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really, uh a opposite day for the tight end group. Tyler Higby scored two touchdowns. Hunter Long played. Uh, Sean McVay said he was hoping that they can continue to get Davis Allen and Hunter Long snaps. Uh, I really never thought we'd see Hunter Long on a field. So good for him. He didn't, and I have no comments on his performance. He didn't do anything, but Higby woke up. That was nice. I guess I think, it might be the most overrated 29-yard performance I've ever seen, but it was still nice to see him score. What are you talking about, Steve? Tyler Higby's back, man. Two touchdowns. How, unless you have the box score, how long do you think his longest reception was? I'm going to guess six yards. Good guess. It was seven yards. Okay, not too far off. Uh, besides Tutu Atwell, no receiver, so not counting Kyron Williams, had a catch over 14 yards. Uh, a really bizarre game by the receiving group. Now, I, I have a confession to make, Johnny. I I play in a, a, a dynasty fantasy football league, which is you keep all your players every year, you draft rookies. And I have a pretty good team. During the offseason, I got really excited at the thought of Cooper Cup, you know, putting my team over the edge. So I traded a pretty penny to get him. He was on my roster. I ended up drafting Puka Nakua, so I was stuck with both of these guys, which uh, ended up being pretty annoying when things started to go south. And after watching this game, I and I'm in the playoffs. Like, I can win the championship. I traded Cooper Cup for a future first-round pick. I am terrified. I don't know. When he rolled his ankle, man, I feel like I saw my life flash before my eyes. Like, he hasn't been good in a couple weeks. He's been good since he came back from injury. 
And I don't like, are you writing the, you know, lack of just performance from Cup over the last couple games? Is it on the passing game in general? Is it on Stafford and McVay for not getting him the ball? Or has he lost a step? Like, I, I, I genuinely don't know what to think. And I just got terrified at the thought of this being it for him. And I, I sold while I could. Um, but as a Rams fan, I hope I'm wrong. And I, I do, I just, I don't know what to make of this. It's, it's a bizarre situation. Well, to tell you the truth, as far as Cooper cup is concerned, I think that, um, he may have came back a little bit too early. Uh, uh, and and on top of that, I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. I don't think he necessarily lost a step, but I think there is definitely like some sort of miscommunication between him and Stafford. They're definitely not on the same page, but he also hasn't looked like the same Cooper Kelp that we've seen in recent years. So I, I don't know from a fantasy perspective that it was a terrible idea to trade Cooper Cup. I think it's probably a good idea, especially considering you got as much as you did out of him. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I think as a fantasy uh, football player, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, on the flip side of, uh, of that, I did trade for Kyron Williams – uh, a couple weeks ago. Good for, for you, man. Uh, I did, man. I, I And it was very cheap to get him because he was on the IR. Um, I traded away DK Metcalf for him. And it worked out. So, yeah. It worked out big time for me. Especially it, you, this week. So, like, looking at... at um... Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua since Cup came back. Uh, since Cup came back, first game back, eight catches on 12 targets for 118 yards. Then he has seven catches on nine targets for 148 yards and a touchdown. And then after that, two catches on seven targets for 29 yards, four catches on 10, yard, on 10 targets for 21 yards, two catches on seven targets for 48 yards. That's the Brett Ripping game. Uh, one catch... On one target for 11 yards against Seattle. It's a game he got hurt. Three catches on five targets for 18 yards this week. You look at Puka, just to show you both sides of the coin. In Cup's first game back, seven catches on 11 targets for 71 yards. Four catches for seven on seven targets for 26 yards. Eight catches on 12 targets for 154 yards. Three catches on seven targets for 43 yards. Three catches on seven targets for 32 yards. That's the ripping game. Five catches on seven targets for 70 yards. Four catches on eight targets for 27 yards this week. So, like, they really, I guess they really, like, weren't really looking downfield that much this week. But I don't know. Like, Puka's out targeting him. He's out playing him. And I, I think it's going to be more of a 1A and 1B situation. And which I think is good because you shouldn't be chucking the ball at Cooper Cup 20 times a game. Uh, it's never going to be sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. He's gotten hurt. Uh, he's getting old as much as we hate to admit it. And I think you you should start to really look at this situation and be like, let's 
give these guys both the chance to be our lead and make them like the co-leads here. Uh, because I think, and I hope to God I'm wrong, that the days of Cooper Cup being the elite alpha type guy, they might be done. And I hope I'm just overreacting because I don't want them to be. Uh, I I just think maybe it's gonna um it's gonna take a little bit before uh Cup and 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 um, Stafford are back on the same page because clearly there's some kind of issue between both of them. Uh, but hopefully, you know, it's Cup getting back into the swing of things. We'll see, but it's not a huge issue at the moment. But um, as the season goes along, we could definitely use the old Cooper Cup back and certainly use them uh, against the Cleveland Browns, which maybe we'll start to see him turn the corner uh, when the Rams don't really have much of a choice but to probably throw the ball um, next game. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And, and next week, I mean, it's Browns have the best pass defense in the NFL right now. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I and I want to say too, like, I don't think he's cooked. Um, but I think he there's a real chance he's lost a step, which doesn't like that can be fine. Um, what he was doing before his injury last year was un like outrageous. Uh, you don't have to be at that level to be a really productive player. On the flip side of the ball, Johnny, uh, the Cardinals' offense over the last two weeks hasn't been bad with Kyler Murray at quarterback, and boy, did the Rams make them look bad in this game. Just a absolutely dominant start-to-finish performance from the Rams the it really was 37 to 8 for the vast majority of the game the cardinals got a garbage time touchdown at the end i mean i what else can we say man i the reason i'm confident going into the rams browns game is not because i have faith in the offense to carve up a outstanding cleveland defense it's because the browns are going to be playing uh either P.J. Walker or Dorian Thompson-Robinson or Joe Flacco. And this Rams defense just embarrassed Kyler Murray, then embarrassed Geno Smith. Uh, I think they're going to embarrass whoever that is because they have looked really good over the last couple weeks. And that Browns offense, they have a good running game if we can contain that. Those quarterbacks are not going to carve us up, and we should be able to force them to make mistakes. They fumbled the ball five times last week, recovered three of them, but this defense looked outstanding in the last two weeks, and I am really excited to see if they could keep it going. Maybe it's the fact that John Johnson is stepping in and playing safety. That is definitely not the whole case, in my opinion, but he's played great. Jordan Fuller had one of his best games of the season, Kobe Turner is turning into a monster in front of our very eyes. Uh, it, it's outstanding. Um, the defense is coming alive at the right time. And it's making me more confident that with a couple 
additions next year, it could be back to a truly elite defense. Let's make one thing very clear here, Steve. Jordan Fuller may have had the best game of his career. Yeah. This this past game. Making a like, case to be signed. He's making an argument for it, man. Yeah. I mean, holy shit, man. I was like, can we get this performance out of you every single week? Of course, we're not playing the Cardinals every single week, so there's that. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, they have, even... They have players, man. I mean, we do. Whatever, whatever your thought on Kyler Murray is, he's an above-average quarterback. Hollywood Brown Definitely. is good. Trey McBride is, is coming into his own. James Conner is good. Like, this is not an elite offense by any means, but nope. the Seahawks have a lot of really good players, and I know Kenneth Walker got hurt, but, like, Charbonnet's not bad, and we shut them down, and then this is another big game. And, I mean, even the, the Cowboys aside, which was obviously a, a mess, it's been a couple weeks now that this defense has looked really good. <sighs> the Cowboys game, that was that's a game I'd love to forget about. Yeah, they were phenomenal against Green Bay. It's not their fault that they didn't have a quarterback. They did everything we could to win that game. Yeah. You're you're not wrong, man. The the defense in general has looked solid all season long. And you know, uh, like you said, other than a few games like against the Cowboys. But um you know, I I hope to see this continue. Um, I'm we have so many young, promising guys that uh, makes me more confident for the future. And man, Kobe Turner just man looking like a, a steal with with the draft class that the Rams have had with quite a few steals in it. You know, having another one yeah. develop in front of our eyes, man. Man, you can't help but be proud of Les Need again. It's been a while since we have been. I mean, we've said it before. We're going to say it again. This is a franchise-changing draft. Uh, without a first-round pick to do what they did to get Steve Avila and Kobe Turner and Puka Nakua and Byron Young uh, and some other guys that, like, hey, we'll see. Huge, man, huge. We did see Trey Tomlinson playing this game. It wasn't great, nope. but <laughs> at least you got at least you got a chance to be on the field. Yeah, we saw why he hasn't been playing. Uh, I mean, yeah. get shout out everyone, but like another great game from Darian Kendrick. Maybe he's putting it together. Maybe he just needed to get benched. Maybe yeah, sometimes it does take that, and uh, you know, we'll probably see uh you know Hodges Tomlinson out there some more because uh Duke Shelley landed on the IR. Yep. Yeah. Uh well so, I mean Duke Shelley got hurt in this game and we didn't see Hodges Tomlinson until the end. That's true. We'll see though. And I mean like it, it's interesting with this schedule man like the Browns, the Ravens, the Commanders, the Saints, the Giants, the 49ers. Besides the Ravens, who I still think will smash us, and 49ers. Like, these are good matchups for us. It 4-2 seems really possible. 
Like, really possible. But I don't know. That involves buying in. Are you buying in? I'm just going to ask it outright. Are you buying into this team? I think I'm buying in a little bit. I think there is something... When, when you have the team at least somewhat complete as as they are right now, I think that they're on the path to get to where they need to be. But at the same time, it only takes one major injury that kind of sends them, you know, tumbling down. And we kind of seen that when, you know, there was the injuries to Kyron Williams to Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, it just was such a horrible shit show of a team. And then now that you get these players back, you know, you're starting to see a huge difference. Again, I can't sit here and say that this team is going to go very far, uh, even if they do make the playoffs. Most likely going to be a first-round exit. But it's, it's a start. You know, this is already like if you go back to our predictions, it's already better than what I had predicted. I predicted this to be a four-win team, and now they succeeded my expectations. <laughs> and, yep. So we have like uh, what six games left? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got them at so six and eleven, it, so they could beat me very quickly. Yeah. So this this is uh this is a lot better than what uh, either of us had expected, I think. And you know the potential is there. If they make the playoffs, I think this is the start of a, a really, really good team because it indicates that they are using their younger players. Um, maybe some of them aren't panning out, but as we mentioned with some of these really young promising guys, if we can continue to develop them and add, you know, here and there, we have a recipe for a, a you know, a really good team in the future. So um, looking forward to that, man. Uh, but for now, let's have some fun along the way, right? Yeah. I mean, dude, even if they don't make the playoffs, like I think they've shown enough that if they nail the next off season, they can be in the mix for a deep playoff run next year. I'm not going to say Super Bowl yet um, because I'm not going to say that until we see that team play because Stafford has been up and down, and he's a linchpin of if this team can be a Super Bowl contender next year. But this is a good, promising team. If enough guys take the next step next year and they address positions of need with guys who – are worthwhile on their contracts and not Allen Robinson. And if they draft well, uh, if they nail their first round pick or turn that into something, they can get this thing turned around really quickly. And while I think they will probably get smashed in the first round, if they make the playoffs, I'm just saying the lions and the 49ers are both two teams who have had games where they have just fallen flat on their faces this year. It's not impossible. Uh, there is no world where I can see this team beating the Eagles in the playoffs under borderline any circumstances. But you never know about an upset in one of these games. Uh, I would not bet on it. I am not counting on it. I think any of these teams we've talked about are going to get smashed in the first round. But 
all if you're in the playoffs, all you have to do is win a couple games. And that's how we've said all along. Uh, a couple things go your way, and who knows? So I we're out of the mix for an elite quarterback in this draft. We're too good. Our schedule's too bad. We're not getting there. Even if things don't go well for the rest of the stretch, you're probably winning six or seven games. So, like, let's go for it, man. Sign uh, sign Marcus Peters and let's roll. <laughs> I would be so down. I meant to use the Marcus Peters soundbite in the intro today. I forgot about that. And I used uh, Jared Goff talking shit about the Saints instead because they played the Saints this week. <laughs> hey, it's appropriate. Uh, hey, why don't we take a pr- quick break here, Johnny, to talk about our friends at Prize Picks? Prize Picks, it's a simple daily fantasy app where you log on to Prize Picks, you look at the slate, and they give you player stats. Now, instead of playing fantasy where you pick players and hope for the best, they're giving you lines for players. They're going to give you a stat, whether it's receiving yards, touchdowns, they're going to give you a number. And all you have to do is pick more or less, and that's it. You do a couple of those picks. You're playing against yourself. You're not playing against other players. So all you need is for your round of picks to land, and you win money. It doesn't matter how everyone else does. Uh, and, and so I love that about prize picks. And now that basketball season's in full swing, the Sixers just smoked the Lakers last night, Johnny. I don't know if you saw that. Biggest loss of LeBron's career. That's all lies. Biggest loss of LeBron James's career. Now that that's back, you can do pick combo projections across football and basketball in the specials league, which is a really fun addition to this game. For example, if you have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, you can go with a 10 and a half line of three pointers made and receptions. And so that adds a nice wrinkle to this. Uh, but even if you don't want to do that, it's just so simple to go through and pick players. This week, a couple lines I liked. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, I don't know what's going on there. 74 and a half yards for him against the Packers. I'm going with less. On the flip side, Debo Samuel turning it around this season. 54 and a half receiving yards against the Eagles in a big game. I think he's stepping to the play. He's going to hit it. And hey, David Montgomery, only .5 passing, rushing, or receiving touchdown. He's always getting into the end zone. I'm going more on him. And best of all, Johnny, and our listeners, of course, uh, if you want to sign up, we have a great deal for you guys. You go to prizepicks.com slash Ramstalk, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, and use the code Ramstalk, or you can do it on the app, same code, R-A-M-S-T-A-L-K, no spaces, for a first deposit match up to $100. So if you put in 100 bucks, use our code you're getting 200. If you haven't done it yet, guys, uh, it's going to make the last stretch of the season really excited. So it's prizepicks.com slash Ramstock. Uh, and we'll send it to another one of our sponsors quick and get back to the show. Okay, we're back. Johnny, do you want to touch on the Hall of Fame semifinalists real quick? Uh, yes, let's go ahead. Uh, we do this every year because our beloved Tory Hall is still not in the Hall of Fame. Now, these are the semifinalists, so this will get shortened to 15 finalists. Um, I don't know when they do that. A couple weeks, probably. Here is the full list. 
Eric Allen, cornerback, Jared Allen, defensive end, Willie Anderson, tackle, Tiki Barber, running back, Anquan Bolden, wide receiver, Jahari Evans, guard, London Fletcher, linebacker, Dwight Freeney, defensive end, Antonio Gates, tight end, Eddie George, running back, James Harrison, linebacker, Rodney Harrison, safety, Devin Hester, return specialist, wide receiver, Torrey Holt, wide receiver of the St. Louis Rams, Andre Johnson, wide receiver, Robert Mathis, defensive end, Julius Peppers, defensive end, Steve Smith, senior, wide receiver, Fred Taylor, running back, Heinz Ward, wide receiver, Ricky Waters, running back, Reggie Wayne, wide receiver, Vince Wilfork, defensive tackle, Patrick Willis, linebacker, Darren Woodson, safety. Now, the, I think they're the only two uh, first ballot guys here. Uh, I think that's correct. Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers. You think they're both getting in first ballot? I think if if you were to ask me, I think you definitely say yes to Antonio Gates. Julius Peppers, I think, definitely deserves to get in. First ballot, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't oppose the idea because obviously he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but I think there are other guys that deserve priority over him. He's an interesting one because I I think he is the most worthy defensive end linebacker on the ballot, but Dwight Freeney's there. Robert Mathis is there. Um, now, they haven't been on the ballot for that long, so it's not like a Torrey Hall situation where um, I think it was, what, Steve Smith was a, a new guy on the ballot or Andre Johnson, and we're like, you can't put these guys in over Torrey Hall. Their resumes are too close, and we think Hall has the edge. Um, I think Peppers, Mathis, Freeney, Jared Allen, too, I think Peppers is probably, to me, the strongest candidate. Um, I think he was the best, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I truly believe that, but I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting how those votes pan out because I think all four of those guys should be in. Um, but the thing that stands out to me, Johnny, is I think Tory Holt has been on this list the longest i think he's the, the most times as a semi-finalist out of any of these guys i'm fact checking that really quickly here um yeah he's 10 times the next closest are heinz ward and darren woodson at eight times we've got we've done the heinz ward debate before i don't really think it's that close i think he's the weakest out of the receivers on this list and I don't know, man. There's not enough guys on this list to me that are like, it's time to put them in. It's fucking time to put Dory Hall in. Let's get this shit done. There are only two first ballot guys. And like you said, like I think Gates should be a lock. Julius Peppers isn't like a total get this guy in in the first ballot. It's fucking time. Put this man in the Hall of Fame for the love of God. It was time like three three ballots ago i know but like there there's no there's not really anyone on this list like i said besides gates who is like we need to get this guy in now um and so i think it has to be halt because he's the guy that needs to get in now 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think that um, <laughs> there, there's no one more deserving at the moment, you know, and uh, Antonio Gates is definitely deserves to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because when you think of the best tight ends to ever play the game, he's certainly one of the uh, one of the few that you think of immediately. You know, you think Antonio Gates, um, you think of guys like um, basically uh, that aren't really part of the modern day NFL, you know, and, and that's kind of the thing is you think of guys like the Travis Kelsey's, the George Kittles, these are all modern day players, but Antonio Gates was sitting there doing this ages ago, along with, you know, guys like Tony Gonzalez. So, yeah, I, I think you got to put him as a first ballot. Now, here's the thing. Just to persuade any of our L.A. listeners who weren't really rocking with the St. Louis Rams, Antonio Gates, obviously this stat doesn't hold, tell the whole story, but Torrey Holt here had eight straight uh, 1,000 yard receiving seasons and Antonio Gates never had a season with more receiving yards than Halt did in any of those eight seasons uh, now Gates was a tight end monster he was ahead of his time at the position he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book one of the best ever to do it but I'm just saying Torrey Hall has his, his stats are preposterous and they've been underappreciated for six straight 1300 yard seasons in an era where that was not normal and in an era where for a lot of that time he's playing against alongside another hall of famer who was taking stats from him like just the disrespect man for him to be in his 10th time put him in the goddamn hall of fame Yeah, it, it's beyond time. I, I I think if Holt doesn't get into the Hall of Fame this year, it's bullshit. Like, they, there's obviously something wrong there, and I don't know, maybe there's some kind of vendetta against the dude because clearly he should have been in already. Yeah, we'll revisit it um, closer up. I Looking at the ballot, I think the guys I'd like to see go in are – Gates, Peppers, Patrick Willis, Torrey Hall, Dwight Freeney. But I don't know. No London Fletcher Love? No who? No London Fletcher Love? I love London Fletcher. Um, but not today. Not here. I think there are more deserving <laughs> guys. I I think personally Devin Hester should be in. But I think he's going to have to wait a while. There's a lot of... A lot of worthy guys in this list. Though, yeah. I, I don't think everybody on this list is a Hall of Famer. I definitely don't. How about this? Uh, Steven Jackson, I don't think he's ever been a semifinalist, right? Not to my knowledge. Kiki Barber was a semifinalist for the first time. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Eh, his stats are kind of I, ridiculous. I think because Tiki Barber was such a big household name, 
because he was on, you know, Super Bowl winning teams, whereas Steven Jackson was on a very forgettable trash St. Louis Rams team. So, yeah. 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 Uh, we'll continue this debate on a later podcast. Let's talk a little about the Browns. I didn't miss anything else you wanted to hit, did I? We went. We talked no. about the playoff picture at the top. I don't think we need to get back into that. That's we're going to talk about it every week. Uh, um, unless they drop a couple games here. The Cleveland Browns this year are 7-4. and four. They have dealt with a ton of injuries. This is probably a Super Bowl contender if they're healthy, even if even with the very mediocre play from Deshaun Watson when he was out there. And y'all know how I feel about Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's good on or off the field at this moment in time, but he's on the field a much better football player than any of their other options at quarterback. Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, is their backup. He's a rookie drafted after Stetson Bennett. Uh, He is in concussion protocol. He didn't play this week. Good chance he's back for our game, but if not, uh, it's going to be P.J. Walker or Joe Flacco's corpse at quarterback. Now, they went 7-4 and four and beat some good teams with bad quarterback play. So it's tough because Miles Garrett and Amari Cooper got hurt back last game, but they're expected to be back. This is truly an elite of an elite defense, and Miles Garrett like arguably could be in the MVP conversation. Uh, and there's a chance he abuses our offensive line. So it's no, it's the best test they're going to get all year. But like if PJ Walker or Joe Flacco takes the field and we lose this fucking game, man, I'm going to be livid. Like there is no world where either of those guys should be beating us in the year of our Lord, 2023. What if the game ends nine to six or something like that? (laughs) Ah, the Case Keenum Bryce Petty 2016 special, eh? Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Jeez, that's the name drop. I went to that game, man. I'll never forget it. Uh, sat, no, that that, that explains for, it. I sat there for three hours and watched Case Keenum and Bryce Petty play football for the Jets and the Rams, and nobody <laughs> did anything. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, like. If they're so, I, I'm sure it's going to be P.J. Walker. Like, if they talk themselves into playing Joe Flacco, that is truly psychotic behavior. It And the funny thing is, it, it's so bizarre that we're still talking about Joe Flacco in 2023. <laughs> like, how is this guy still playing? Yeah, P.J. Walker... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> He he started the game, right? Um, oh, no. Dorian Thompson-Robinson was the starter and got hurt? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have my information wrong. So, and by information, I mean I didn't look it up. Um, so, he probably won't play then if he's in concussion protocol? No, I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, so... Uh, him in this game, DTR went 14 to 29 for 134 yards and a touchdown. Um, didn't take a sack. Was playing okay. PJ Walker comes in, goes six to 13, 56 yards for 
sacked four times uh, and fumbled twice, lost one. In a loss to the Denver Broncos, who we will not be talking about ever on this podcast. I don't I, – I will not be discussing their winning streak. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I stopped watching them after week five. I like I I know the Broncos are playing better but like they beat the 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 Browns in pretty convincing fashion here I like dude I we shouldn't lose this game and we're three and a half point favorites so we're getting respect from Vegas here I don't care which one of these three dudes starts man if those are who you're rolling with the Rams have too much talent to let that happen. I don't know. But I don't know. This defense is scary. And they could definitely beat us if if they don't make mistakes because they could force us into mistakes very easily. Oh, yeah. It, it ultimately depends on which Matthew Stafford we have out there. If we have the Matthew Stafford that just kind of flings the ball wherever he pleases, this is going to be a very long game. He needs and it could have... very well end like nine to six. Yeah, it's tough, man. Um, the crazy thing about the Browns is they have sixteen takeaways on the year, and their turnover dis- differential is minus seven, which is the third worst in the league because they've turned the ball over twenty three times. Wow, brutal. Though the Vikings are worse after this week, uh, they are minus eight and also have 16 takeaways. So tough sledding for them. Uh, they are Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut, coming back down to earth. But I, I what? Are, yeah, we need Stafford to play one of, if not his best games of the year. He can't make silly plays because. The way you win this game is you take care of the football and you rely on your defense to keep their offense off the field so that you're keeping their defense off the field. And it's the same exact game plan that the Browns are going to employ, but our offense at this point should theoretically be much better than theirs without a real quarterback. Uh, I know they have a great rushing attack, and I'm a little worried about that. But I think we should win this game. The line is three and a half. So you know what? I'm going to go 17 to 13. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yeah, I think I'd be really surprised if this turned out to be, a, you know, a, a shootout or something like that. God, I hope it's not a shootout with uh, Joe Flacco out there. But <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I'm going to say 16 to 10 Rams. A really nice draw for us that this is a home game. I may or may not go to this game. I'm still debating. Hey, Hey, why not? And it's very nice that this is a home game and the Ravens game is an away game because, like, I, I'm I'm scared about that game. <laughs> That's gonna be another tough one against Baltimore. But hey, I'm excited to see this game. I'm excited to see how it plays out. 
All right, man. Uh, I think we can wrap it up there. I will. I I don't know what my schedule is like next week. I'm telling the listeners and Johnny here. So TBD if I'm able to do a show next week. Hopefully we will. If what? not, <laughs> I got a weird week next week. We'll see. If we're not here next week, uh, we will definitely be back the following week. So be sure to follow us. Eh, I'm not plugging Twitter. Fuck that shit. Uh, <laughs> bye. We will talk soon.